This podcast is meant for adults and covers dark subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Through the power of hedonistic role-playing games, a group of friends unknowingly awakens a slumbering evil. (laughs) Bursting forth from its ancient tomb beneath the floorboards arises the Lich. Welcome to Tales from the Lich. Mm, I'm here with a very special young man who's seen a lot in his short few years on this realm. Wendell Lemontree. Hello, hello, young man. How are you? What happened to your skin? Oh, I'm a... Don't be afraid of me, young man. Um, I'm... I'm what's known as a lich, uh, but it's not important. No, no, really, I won't hurt you. Is it okay if I... if Look, look, I'm going to put my hand on you very gently. Uh, but see, I'm a friend. Yeah. I'm a friend, Wendell. So you've had a pretty scary time in the Underdark, eh? It's been pretty rough, but I think... I think things are going to start turning around, I mean... Yes, right. yes. Surely things will be just fine for you, Wendell. Um... Um, what, 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 uh, what scared you the most so far in the Underdark? Do you want to talk about it? Maybe it'll help. Um, it was probably seeing Marcus fall mm. with his throat opened up. I mean, I grew up on a farm and my, my family used to slaughter pigs. And mm-hmm. So you're used to it then? No. No, not quite the same, I see. His mm. eyes were bearing into me. No, <laughs> Wendell, toughen up, lad! Things will be just fine. You know, this is a chance for adventure and for you to become a true man. Isn't that exciting? That's what my dad always wanted, I guess. It builds character seeing mutilated corpses. Trust me. He was a... He... He didn't... Well, I see see that you, uh, Wendell, is um, clammed up a little bit, um... But he'll be okay. Let's uh, rejoin our adventurers with Wendell um, in the Underdark and out of the abyss. You hear Sarah from the front? Keep up. What's in my pack? What, what do I have? You have you, just you have your backpack. Just anything that I would have had. You have anything you would have had except money. Plus, now I have weapons, which I didn't have before. You have weapons. So there's some, you know, uh, daggers, short swords. I guess there's no armor. If you had armor, there's no armor. The only one who has armor is Rod. And Eldith grabbed her armor, but she wasn't carrying everyone's armor. Sure. Yeah, and she's wearing, I think, some kind of studded leather. And Rod's wearing some armor. Darren Dill couldn't fit me and Sarah. He just has a short sword. He's got mm. a crossbow. There are a couple of hand crossbows. I don't know if that's something you're into. I could do that. Um, well, I mean, as long as there's light, I'll take one. If somebody can light up an enemy, I can use it on them. Right. Should we go faster in this area since it's lit? Sarah seems comfortable with the pace. Okay. You could go faster, but you risk... That if Sarah's comfortable, Sarah's I'm comfortable comfortable. Sarah's comfortable with the pace. So if you guys want to forage, you can go for that. You just need to make a survival check. Wisdom. I assume you have that, Danny. Wisdom, I'm good at that. Yeah, survival? I did not forage yeah. well. Me. 25. As the party moves along, I move off from the party every now and then to the sides, searching under rock for lichens... A druid knows that how amazingly there are nourishment to be found in even the most desperate of places. So I 
gather fresh water and various kinds of um, fungus that provide extreme amounts of nourishment and bring them back to the party. Okay, so roll a d6 and add your wisdom modifier of four. I walk around and pick up every mushroom I see and I'm like, can we eat this? And when they say no, I just put it down. Right. <laughs> Uh, nine. Can we eat this? <laughs> no. Nine. Nine? Okay, now roll another d6 and add your wisdom modifier. Five. You alone find nine, basically nine pounds worth of food and five gallons worth of water. Fucking Oregon Trail. And Eldith, I'm going to have Eldith forage too because she's good at that. So she she brings, actually she brings in another nine pounds of food. She's got, you guys have enough food and almost enough water, you guys might be fine if you find something else later. I have conjured water and good berry. Okay, yeah. So then you guys have, you guys basically found enough food for the day. You found some mushrooms. I will pick up every mushroom that I see along the way, and I'm going to run up to uh, Siarik. Is this, is this, can we eat this? Actually, yes. Oh, uh. I mean, it tastes a bit like um, old sweat, but it it's not poisonous. All right, and a few, you know, ten minutes later, I'll, as I'm walking, I'll pick up something else. Can we eat this? That's beetle dung. Oh. <laughs> so no. So no. Thank you, Wendell. Okay. And this will carry on, because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. After about, you know, I guess walking for and foraging, whatever, taking brief breaks for, whatever, for about eight hours, you guys were feeling pretty pooped. A little pooped. Dude. A little pooped. You're still pooped, you're still in this lit up fairs. So you guys, um, after eight hours, you guys can make camp, or you could you could continue marching. Um, someone like School is not. He's he's cool because uh, he's being carried. But some of you like Wendell probably getting a little baby mode. My constitution's not bad. Uh, so it's up to you. If you guys march further any more than this, you guys have to start potentially taking exhaustion. What does Sarah say? Sarah's fine resting here, uh, you know, at a keeping a normal pace. He feels like you guys are uh, not in too much danger. You guys have kept good pace. I'm ready to camp. Camping's good. Okay. If we could find a place to stay for a little bit, I could really use to try to gather another arcane focus. I'm really having some trouble with my concentration lately. Sarah picks out a kind of an open cave. You guys are wandering through tunnels climbing up and down stuff it's all lit up everything's just glowing a little uh, and he kind of picks this little offshoot cave that he found it was kind of dead ends and he says you know this this could be a defensible spot here mm-hmm. friend um yes what happened to marcus oh it was the saddest thing we were both about to jump off the bridge and then one of the bolts from the drought just went right into his neck but then out the other side. That's why it wasn't in his neck when he fell. Uh, and I'm going it. to attempt to use my persuasion to have him completely believe me. I'm very wise. Fifteen. Give an inside roll. Ten. You may have your suspicions still or whatever, but See. what he said is not like, you're just like, okay. I'm sorry that you lost your friend, friend. Thank you. It was a really sad time for me. I had to try my best to soldier on. Wendell, you remember his eyes just staring into your soul as he's dead lying there. Alright, I'm gonna shiver as I think about that, but then I'm gonna tell everybody, I think I stabbed a spider. Oh, really, Wendell? You're becoming so brave. 
Oh, oh, I'm very sorry. That was actually me. I was trying to help you swim to the shore, but you thought I was a spider. It was very confusing. <laughs> hey, Wendell, you stabbed friend. That's funny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I thought you were... I thought something was trying to hold my head under the water. Oh, I know. It's, you know, I just, I'm not a very good swimmer myself, you know. And so I, I was doing my best, but it wasn't very good. But we made it, and we can be really good friends now. His eyes were staring at me using those cobwebs. Who? Marcus. Oh, you saw the body, Wendell. Oh, I'm so sorry. But take refuge in the fact that death is part of nature and Earth's eternal cycle. It happens to us all, and it's nothing to fear. Does anybody speak undercommon? Anyone else who lives down here you know speaks undercommon, except for Stool, who can't speak. Jim Jar, do you think you could teach me that language? You know, before we go to camp and before we sleep for a little while? I suppose I could, uh... Could work with you here if it's uh, if it's only if it's convenient. Yeah. How, how about this? Let's 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 make a wager of some sort. Okay. You guys are in this kind of little open cave. You were down at going down a path and kind of got into this little side cave. Okay. He wants to walk you out. And he points down the hallway. He's like, "How about you go down there? See if you can go down there like two hundred feet by yourself, and then come back and just down the hallway." Yeah, I just into the darkness. 200 feet? It's not dark. It's still lit. Oh, well. It's still lit, but it, you'd have to go out. He just wants you to go out there alone and just see if you can handle it. Okay, I'll go. I'll go walk out 200 feet. All right, you start walking out. You, you're going to have to go around some turns or whatever. You're going to lose sight of them. Okay. I guess give me a wisdom saving throw. Three. Okay. Three total? Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not very wise. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's sort of the point. You start getting a little unnerved here. It's like getting, it's quiet. You haven't heard this quiet before. You've always had cellmates or something going on. But all you're hearing is your footsteps and they're getting just louder and louder. And it just feels like you can hear everything going on and it's just you down here. Mm -hmm. And you don't hear anything out there. You're getting a little unnerved the further you go. You can keep going. You made it maybe a hundred feet, you think, you would estimate. I feel like I've really want to prove myself to at least somebody. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to keep going. Alright, give me another wisdom saving throw. Fourteen. Okay. You you tough it out and you you get through it. You feel you've gone far enough. Nothing weird happens to you on the way there. You don't really see anything, it's just small passageway that kinda of narrows to the size of a person and you're kinda of squeezing through a bit. Nothing's happening. You feel like you can turn around. Uh, and you head back and Jim goes like, all right, you're, you're a little tougher than I thought here, I guess. While we're walking, I can talk to you. We can go over this. Gee, thanks. Sure, kid. I'm just going to stare at him and kind of smile. I'm sorry about what happened to you. And then he walks off. So I don't know if you guys have to say anything else before you camp for the night. It's the no. temperature's cool, whatever no, you guys no. have. You don't really have like bed rolls or anything. Right, right. I'm but... gonna I'm gonna go around to each person in the party, and and me and uh, Eldrith, it's a Eldith, Eldith. Me and Eldith are gonna hand out provisions, and I'm gonna you know chat up people, you know, just kind of make small talk, try to create good feelings. You, you're gonna need to create a little water. I'll cast conjure water. Okay, I need your little d20. All right. Eight. 
Okay. You conjure water. You guys have enough water for everyone. Five cubic feet of water. You you just douse Wendell with it. <laughs> <laughs> Enya starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> Open your mouth, Wendell. <laughs> just drown it. So I go off on my own away from the party, and I just stand there for a moment, trying to feel the the general area. Uh, to see if I can uh, feel any sort of uh, any material that resonates, um, that feels as wild as the spirit inside me is, Whoa. and there is uh, I, I you know I feel a little bit sort of you know towards my left, walk down a little bit a uh, little bit of a indention in the wall there, not quite an extra cave, but a sort of a, a special place, and there's a piece of rock on the ground that I have to brush away some dirt to be able to see. It's almost hidden. It's been trodden on a little bit. And I have to scrape away at it to reveal what's there. After I work at it and work at it after a while, it gently coax it out and uh, eventually... You're going to have to spend a little time preparing it. Okay, so it, it, it's raw material. It's a rough, yeah. You it's have, it's you, a raw yeah, material. Yeah, exactly. So, so I've gained, I've, I've acquired the raw material that I can use over the next few days to shape and hone and uh, work into being my arcade focus. As uh, we're sitting in the strangely glowing light of the caves and the rocks are giving off their luminescence, I'm going to stare up at the various fungi patterns along the ceiling mm-hmm. and kind of project my own perceptions of the constellations I know from the desert sky oh, you miss those. on the fungus. Okay. Jim Jar is willing to spend time with you right now. I'll spend time so, with Jim Jar. So we're not resting yet? You guys are still doing the making camp. All of you notice this but you're starting to feel a like this malaise kind of come over you from all this Light. This area you're in, you feel like it's just wearing on you. Mm-hmm. A genuine ennui. Yeah, you're you. You're not. It's nice because it's lit for you guys, but it's not comfortable. It's mm-hmm. it's something about it. It's like a really. It's like looking at like some weird incandescent it's light, like neon light or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. trying to sleep in a fully lit Walmart. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's kind of wearing on you. So I need you all to make wisdom saving throws. Eight, sorry, eight, four. Sixteen. Friend, you're fine. It doesn't seem to be bothering you. But, um, Sarah, I need you to roll a D100. Forty-six. I babble. You babble. Yeah. <laughs> just starts just... You need to write madness one somewhere. Wendell, would you up your madness to two? And then you roll a D100 for me. <laughs> and Sarah, you only babble for, you know, about ten minutes or so. Yeah. yeah, you start saying it's a moss, and it, like, really, somehow you zone in. You, like, being attuned, a cultist. And it just, yeah, yeah, it just gets to you. It's an 87. Wendell, your thoughts start to just kind of, you can't keep it all straight. It's it's just, you're having trouble focusing on anything, really. Oh. Jim Jar is speaking this under comment to you, and he's just like, Getting frustrated with how hard it is to deal with you because you keep, you know, forgetting the thing he just told you. Did you just roll ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> no. But you're just having trouble focus. He's like, you, he looks at you and he's like, oh, it's, 
it's this Phaedrus. It's and he he sees you start babbling. He's like, yeah, you guys aren't used to this. Mm-hmm. It's um gets in your head. You can't it, you can't be in these areas for too long. They're everywhere down here though, so it's almost unavoidable. And we'll get through this. We'll be fine. You're just starting to lose focus on everything. And he's like, you should probably go lay down. I'll go lay down. Okay. No one else seems to be bothered uh, by anything here. You know, Bupito's sees you. Uh, Start gibbering here, and he oh, just yeah. kind of joins you, and he's just oh, blah, 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 just with you. He's just real excited about you doing this. <laughs> this fucking guy. Yeah, and he's right. rubbing your shoulders while you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Underdark is my friend too. <laughs> so you guys um, don't need to make like a campfire or anything unless you want to. I don't care. You're eating mushrooms. No, I don't. You all awaken inside the cavern you passed out in. You had finally escaped the wonderful drow prison uh, and made it into an area of Bearsmith. Sure. Uh, Marcus, unfortunately, did not make it. Mm. May he rest in peace. He goddamn right he didn't. And the whole area is glowing with a, a, a pretty well-lit room, uh, basically. But you guys found this little side cave that kind of had a small entrance and were pretty well defensible. So you guys decided to sleep in there. You guys all got equipment, um, basically basic weapon and uh, some backpacks. Wendell Friend and Sayark, you can all have a backpack. Eldith grabbed a couple as she was jumping down. Right, and, from the equipment store. Right, oh. she grabbed some, some equipment, some weapons, and she likes you guys more than them since you're all self She so is a resourceful one. That little sturdy dwarf. You know, while you guys are taking various shifts and getting ready to march out, you know, you've got to move. Sarth. Sarth has kept saying, you know, we can't stay here too long because she's probably looking for us. She will not take take this slight lightly. So you guys are packing up around the camp while you guys are foraging whatever you can, making a breakfast, some sort of a real small campfire. I, I had weird dreams. Kind of angry dreams. Elvis says to all the surface dwellers, um, which I guess is just you three, uh, Wendell, Sayark, and Friend, uh, in, in common. If we get out of here, I would love for you to visit Gontelgrim. I, I always wanted to go there, to Gontelgrim. Gontelgrim? Where is that? It's in the northwest, near Waterdeep. Mm, is that your end destination? Yes, it is. That's, that's where my family lives. But if I don't make it, promise me you'll bring something of mine to my family. I'll put a reassuring druid hand on her shoulder. This I vow. Yeah, Waterdeep sounds nice. There's uh, some business I'd like to take care of there. How far away is the surface? Why, why how did the drow get here so fast? I don't know, but it's, it's, it's very far. We're underground, maybe four or five miles. Jim Jar says they know these lands. This is this is their land they can you know they've got it all mapped out all memorized we don't know where we are here so and I don't even know how to get to the surface I've never been so she pulls a little thing out of a little side pouch and it looks like a little emblem it's just a little piece of jewelry maybe and it's a necklace with a symbolic little spiral on it she hands it to you Sarah and she says if I don't make it and you do please please get this to my father I can do this for you but we must make haste. They've got to be looking for us, and we aren't far from Slubladoop. Shushar 
His big fish head turns towards you and his big, wide, unblinking eyes just look. I smile. He purses his lips. <laughs> He's a fish man. <laughs> but you're pretty sure in your time with him that, that that's, I guess, a smile. Mm-hmm. I agree. Let's get rolling. Well, you guys are toasting fungus mm-hmm. over the fire. You actually hear a an unusual noise, some kind of gibbering, mouthing, weird noise coming from out. out. It doesn't sound too close, but it's definitely echoing through your cave from somewhere out there. I wonder what that was. Maybe I could be friends with it. We must make haste. School hears the noise. It kind of starts like quivering, and like there's a little like mossy puddle forming under him. <laughs> he shoots off his spores all over you guys to, so that we can all communicate. Yeah. What, why was that? I don't know, but it doesn't sound friendly. I disagree. We just really can't tell yet. And Bupito, Bupito looks up and looks kind of excited. He's like. I'll go check it out. Um, if you if you wish, Pupito, but please be careful. We gotta get going. Yeah, but what, what, we don't know what that is yet. And he's gonna pick up his big sword. He looks around and he he looks at Wendell. He's, Do you want to go with me? I need I need someone sneaky. You're sneaky. Wendell perks up a little bit and he takes a big swallow because he's afraid. And he says, "I'll go." I, I can see in this part, and as long as we can be sneaky, I'm really good at being sneaky. When I still live with my parents, before I moved, I I would always sneak downstairs to fetch ginger cookies for my brothers and sisters. My parents never caught me, even even the time when I saw them. She puts her hand on your shoulder. I'll, I'll go with you, boy. I don't trust him. She says it to you in Dwarven, not knowing he speaks Dwarven also. It'll be okay. There'll be three of us. We'll be back in 20 minutes. All right, so I would like to cast Druidcraft uh, on one of the nearby rocks to make a little sprout come up. This sprout will fully grow in one hour. If the mysticism of the plant arrives full fruition and you are still not here, we will head out. Okay. And this little glowing leaf starts Sprouting. sprouting from the rock. He pulls the knife out, shoves it into Wendell's hand. Uh, Eldith pulls out her warhammer, and she's well-versed in the Underdark. You've seen her prowess on the way here. She's very aware of what's going on. She's a scout down here. Uh, and they wander out. They walk out the cave. And you hear you hear them walking a little for a little bit, and then their, silent, their sound just disappears. Okay, so you guys are sitting there waiting. Um, I'd like to cast Conjure Water. Here, enjoy the wellspring of my knowledge. Mm, yummy. Fresh, cold water. Bell, thank you. Stool just, like, lets you put it on him. Yeah, I, I, I set it on him like, like he's a shelf, and then I pour a little on top. Yeah, he's just shaking, and little water sprouts are coming off. He's just vibrating. He's just adorable. <laughs> Friend is going to use this time to uh, put additional focus into his crystal that he found uh, to um, create his, to, to, to try to move forward in creating his, his arcane focus out of his crystal. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, you can keep uh, putting some energy into it here, your time and your effort. You guys are sitting here. Sarath is getting really impatient and worried, but he knows you, you guys all would rather the strength in numbers. Uh, he's not going to fight you on that. Jim Jar just hit around the fire cooking little pieces of mushroom you guys have found and bugs or whatever he can find. 
topsy-turvy, just whispering to each other. Ront just standing there on guard duty. He's ready to battle. The noise that you guys were hearing, the strange, almost incoherent gibbering, dies off. You hear kind of a horrible scream from down the cave. <gasps> oh, maybe Wyndham met his doom. And right after... <laughs> oh, I mean, um, that would be so sad. Should we go check on them? Yeah, Sarah stands up, Ron pulls out his weapon, and right after you hear that, you hear a terrible scream from within the cave. And you look over, and Topsy is just convulsing on the ground. Oh, young Deep Gnome, what is the matter with you? What's going he's on? Pay, he's not paying attention at all. Turvy jumps on and is just like, what's going on? What's going on? Turvy, what's, what is it? And then she starts convulsing. Oh, oh, oh no. They're just writhing on the floor, both of them. Sarath, have you ever seen anything like this? Never. And he's backing off and pulling out a knife. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ready my shillelagh and then uh, kind of kneel next to them, like look around and kind of like just try to shake him or like talk, communicate. Sure. Hello, I'll I'll like slap him a little bit. What's wrong with you? As you get snap clo- out of as it. you get closer to him, you realize that they're they're not just convulsing; they're saying their bodies are starting to contort. You know, bones. You're seeing like bones move in. What infernal sorcery could this be? Hair just starts sprouting from. Oh my! Oh no! Um, I'd like to roll an Arcana check. Sure. Poor. <laughs> You're not sure what's happening <laughs> at all. Yeah. I've Jim, never seen any sorcery like this in my life. Jim Jar mentally yells, "Where rats? Where rats? Where?" <laughs> <laughs> They're were rats. Jim Jar yells at you, and Seraph is like, "We can't hurt these things." Why? Weapons don't hurt these things. What about magic? I, I think so, but I, I don't know. And they're, they're just, they're convulsing and both, and, of them and, and both of them are doing it. Yeah, just Topsy and Turvy. And their, their snout is getting longer. Or they're getting a snout, I guess. Uh, and ears are just sharpening. Furs coming out of them. Claws are growing. I'm immediately casting Thunder Wave. To get these things the fuck away from us. Okay. Friend is going to cast Thunder Wave. They're, they're basically huddled around the fire, so where yes. they started. Yeah, so Thunder Wave uh, creates a 15-foot cube of force, uh, it's, and the, the caster is on one side, uh, like a one of the faces of the cube. Yeah, and so it pushes them 10 feet and does uh, 2d8 thunder damage. So they have to make a saving throw or something? Uh, they do. Constitution. Spell save DC is 14. Okay, and what happens if they pass and fail? If they pass, they only take half damage. Okay, so roll, roll damage for both. Oh my god! 16 damage for the first uh, 2d8. Mm-hmm. Six. Six damage for the other. Oh, okay. One of them gets slammed into a wall. The other one's just riding on the floor still, and they start, and they're still fully forming, and they're just really turning into this, you know, anthropomorphic rat. Friend, what are you doing? The, those are our traveling companions. They're obviously not here to help us. Wrong. They have a terrible affliction. <gasps> also roll that one more time. Well, no, again? Yeah. Again? Yes. Three, two. Mm, okay. No. But, I have this peach. I didn't think it would ever happen. Maybe. I didn't think it would ever fucking happen either. <laughs> Give me a D100. D100. 74. Ooh, 74 is a good number. 
<laughs> As friend casts Thunderwave, he is filled with a feeling of dread, and he's not able to control with precise focus this spell, this magic force that he wants to use. And he feels some things not quite right issuing forth from himself. Uh, roll a d10. Three. You cast your spell, and the rest of you kind of see Prince Darendel just double over. Starts throwing up oh. on the ground. It's just something you... Some kind of energy escapes from his spell, and a little bit of for lack of a better term, I guess, a little bit of, like, fairy dust almost just flies into Darendel's mouth and he just starts vomiting. Oh, noble prince! What what became of you? Ah, I, I feared this day. <laughs> Ront, Ront runs at them with his axe. He just sees these, and he's, and he's just running at what the one that was Turby. It cuts right into the shoulder, clefts the shoulder, and kind of splits it a bit. The second he wrenches his axe free, it just starts sealing back up. Friend is going to run over to Prince Darrenville. Uh, I'm, I'm terribly concerned for him. I didn't intend... Uh, friend did not intend for any negative consequences to come from his... To come from his... Wild-ass magic. It, my, my wild, his can't wild ass can't, magic. can't control it. Let's do initiative. Mine's 14. Okay, Sarek, you're first. Coming from the Petrified Forest, I'm not familiar with uh, this kind of regenerative were-rat that I'm witnessing. Yeah. So I'm going to cast, to try and maybe understand, I'm going to cast um, animal form and become a giant rat. <laughs> <laughs> to try and communicate. Okay. As I'm muttering these, under my breath, my, my bones start contorting and I hunch over on all fours on my, on my fists and knees and I'm and my butt becomes this bald with a big pink nasty tail and my huge front teeth protrude out from my gums and my eyes become these red piercing dots in the darkness and I become a giant filthy rat. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Ron's not paying attention. Sarah is just like looking around. He knows you're a druid, but he's not dealt with that. Yeah. So he's backing off. He's leaning up against a wall. Jim Jar knows you're not a were-rat, yeah. but he, so he's just staying away. He's not paying any attention so to I'm, you. But. So the one that didn't get slammed against the wall, yeah. I'm going to scutter up to it, skitter up to it, and kind of kind of make this screeching, communicative rat noise that I know that, that the rodent family sometimes communicates in. Rats. <laughs> they don't seem to be reacting. Okay. The, the heel, the, the big... Cleft is healing for runts, and there's a, kind of a rage in their eyes, almost a blind rage. You've, you've, you've never seen anything quite like it other than maybe in a frenzied animal. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's it's clearly non-responsive. So that was my Turby's, turn. Turby's non-responsive. But I now understand that they are completely feral. They're not yes, natural. You, you get a you get a very feral impression from them. A it's a very base okay. instinct. As as I feel as I feel their their dark. Um, intention emanating from their animal instincts. I, I kind of back up a little and like raise my tail straight up and screech at them. Friend is tending to Prince Arendelle, uh, very concerned for his safety, very concerned that this elf just turned into another rat. He has no idea what's going on. 
Can I opt for a sanity check? Because yeah, I'm sure. just really fucking freaked out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, make a uh, make a charisma check. Six. What's your madness level? Zero. Okay, roll a D D one hundred. Thirty seven. Raise your madness to one. You also are now completely frightened, and you must use your action every turn to run away. You need to flee from your sor- the source of your fear. All right. So you run, walk over to Prince Darendel. As you're heading over to Prince Darendel, you see him turn into a rat too. You're looking at them become in these giant. He's a giant, just six foot rat. Sure. They're anthropomorphic rats. Ron just cuts one with an axe and just heals back up. And I, I you friend is just friend is so out of his mind. He wants to be out of here right now. He did not sign up for any of this shit. And he wants to go be friends with the noise out in the hallway sure, and follow the Wendell. The noise is cut off, but you can run out the hallway. Yeah, like, all I know is, like, Wendell is over there, and Wendell is a shy, normal human. Okay. So I'm, that's a comforting place for friend. You run off. Ron's just, he's screaming as he wrenches his axe out, and then he swings again. He's just swinging again in a blind range. All right, sure. He... Hits right in the side of the head. It sinks right in. He pulls it out and just seals right back up. Okay. And he's looking at his axe like something's wrong, like it's cursed. And he just howls, Crouch! <laughs> Topsy climbs off the wall, and you're the closest now since you walked up. Mm-hmm. And she just runs right at you. I think I have a giant rat's AC. <laughs> I keep the wisdom, charisma, and intelligence, but I keep the stats from the it's creature. So <laughs> well, they seem indeed. Topsy's pulled out um, her sword. She swings it at you, but misses. But then she takes a snap at you. Mm-hmm. Dives in with her teeth right upward and bites you square, square on the nose, right on your little rat nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your stupid rat nose. And you take, um, and you take five damage. Just plunges in. Did you make a constitution saving throw? 17. Okay. Turby bites at Runt, totally misses, swings, pulls out the sword, swings that as well. Uh, hits Runt for a fair amount of damage. So uh, it's your turn. Okay. You as drop. a bonus action, I will uh, I will sh- uh, shake the uh, rat mouth off my nose and, and scoot back with my front legs and uh, and immediately transform in this plume of purple smoke back into Searic uh, with my shillelagh at the ready. And I would like to cast from the shillelagh poison spray. Uh, they fail, so... 1d12 damage. All right, roll a fat d12. 10. You hear, like, that rat sneezing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just clawing at, like, the air in front of their weird snout. Yeah. And then you could move or whatever. I don't know if you yeah. want to back off. Right, I guess uh, you already did. You backed yeah, off. Yeah, I backed off. Okay. Friend, you're running down a hallway. It's lit. You're not sure where you're going, you just know where you're not going. Friend, come back! <laughs> friend! Sarah is backing out towards where Friend was and kind of like, just backing out of the room. He's got a hand crossbow ready, but he's not firing. He knows he can't deal with these things. Jim Jar's like, come on guys, we need to go. Stool's just plodding out the room as fast as he can. Well, shit. I was ready to throw down, but I guess I'll follow them. Ron just staring disbelieving at his axe and he throws it down and he pulls out his uh, uh, dagger and tries to plunge it in <laughs> Ron's cool and he nails this rare rat right in the chest right in the heart and he, he's like ha ha and he slams it in 
and he just leaves it in there. But a second later, it just heals up, and the knife just falls out. And he's just staring at his hands in disbelief and staring up at the ceiling as the were-rat swings at him. Once with a sword, and second with a bite. Both miss. They just chink off his armor. He's fine. Topsy's charging you. Me? You shot poison at her. How fucking all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get bit right in the leg. Oh! She lunges at you with the sword, and you deftly dodge it, but you leave your leg exposed, and she chomps right in. Oh, shit. You take five damage. Oh, boy. And did you make a saving throw? On Constitution? Yep. Spitty. It's your turn. Rod, it's no use! Come, we must flee! They're immune to weapons, and I I, I will swing my shillelagh uh, kind of towards them, but not as an attack. Right, right, just a... As a, as a... as a parry to kind of make some space and head towards the... Okay, my, yeah, my, you, my, can, you can you can do action to basically disengage, I'll disengage and, and without getting a, an opportunity attack. Is everybody running down the same hallway that Wendell and I did, you know, that Wendell left Well, they're kind of cautiously it. backing out. Yeah. They, oh, they, know, catch they all know where Wendell and you went yeah. initially when you made the turn. Yeah. But this is a series of caves and whatever. Right, right. So no one knows where you really went or gotcha. where they really went. Sure. No one knows. So another turn of complete fear. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, when I'm running down the hallway, I'm I'm seeing flashes in my head of running from mobs of humans back from back from my orphan days and my youth, yeah. uh, it, which is exacerbating my fear. And I am taking turns randomly down different hallways, different uh, cavern routes, um, and caves, depending on the memories of the alleyways I ran through in my youth. It comes to a point where you, the sounds of battle begin to die off. You're able to kind of catch your breath. You stop for a moment, realizing you've been just running and kind of wake up to this like, whoa, where am I situation. You're still in a very well-lit cavern. You've seen everywhere you've went, uh, but it's been a couple minutes. You're, you're able to collect yourself, compose yourself, sit there for a mm-hmm. minute or two, just catching your breath and calming down. Right. Oh. But you oh realize, my god, I, I failed my friends! And so I, I turn around and I try to make my way back. Sure, yeah, and you can start winding back. You're pretty sure, I mean, it seemed so clear while you were running, so we'll see if you get back there. Okay. After the dagger falls out, Runt, as he turns around, they're starting to claw him. And he starts scrambling towards you guys. His chainmail is blocking any of the blows, but he gets bit in the leg, a sword jabs him in the back. He's screaming, Grouch! He's running at you full speed as fast as he can with his armor on. It's kind of slowing him down a little. The were-rats are staring at you after after they come out of the hallway. They turn around and run. And the rot just tries to backhand one as it's escaping. He hits his tail into the wall kind of ineffectively, but he feels really good about it. Mm. And he's, he's just staring at them. And he's breathing real heavily. He's bleeding everywhere. And he sees you covered in blood. He puts his hand on you. Like, Ront! You defeated them. He just rubs his hand all over his blood, just looks at it, and then he just rubs it in your blood. We've shared battle together. Truly, we are brothers. I feel alive again. He goes back and he picks up his axe and he just snaps it. Just leaves it there. Throws his dagger into the corner. Ron, you sure you don't want weapons? These weapons are cursed. Uh, I... Okay. Garandel's up ahead. He's still vomiting. Noble Prince, what's become of you? I don't know. And he just starts spewing. Like, he's like vomiting glitter? 
No, no, it's 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 mushrooms and oh. whatever. And by now he's just dry heaving. I put a hand on Ron's bleeding, convulsing, heaving body, and uh, the, the this green uh, spiraling light flows down my hand onto his wounds, and he heals seven hit points. Ron's a big fan of that. He just feels this life force coming back to him. He sees his wounds kind of healing up. He's able to wipe the blood away and see his cuts are gone. He looks at you and he's like, You are blessed. I know the ways of nature's path. And also, when it's my turn again, I'd like to cast it on my soul. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. You guys are, you know they ran off. You're able to catch your breath. Okay. I, I place both hands across my chest crossways and uh, look up towards the heavens, even though we're in a cave, and, and mutter some words. And a uh, spiraling white light moves around me for five points. Oh, I'm sorry. Roll d20. Roll two d20s, actually. Okay. Eight and five. Okay. I'm scared, though. I, uh, where's Sarah? He comes back up. Why are we stopping here? I, uh, I simply... We took grievous wounds in battle, Sarah, but I've, I believe I've healed us. Where are the rats? They ran away. I can't explain it. They just ran. Jim Jar comes up. He's like, I, I thought there was something weird about them. Where rats are all over Blindenstone. That doesn't sound good. It, we've got them mostly contained, but every now and then... Disgusting. And I even tried to communicate them as one of their own, but didn't work. When they changed, they don't they don't have control. They were truly not part of nature's cycle. They have to accept it before they can and they don't do that. Sarath Which way to Slubladoop? Shushar just please the Slubladoop would be wonderful right now. He's really shaken. His fish eyes are just quivering. <laughs> It's disgusting. And their his fish eyes are like six inches wide. Yeah, oh, yeah. they're big discs. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no lid on them. No, they just always lead the way. Then Shushar, Jim Jar, Jim. What about friend? Yes, where's friend? Friend, what became of him? He ran off into the darkness. He abandoned us. Should we look for him? Should we call for him? We should. Yes. <laughs> I suppose we should. I'm scared of attracting spiders, though. <laughs> like, that's just a common fear. <laughs> if you yell, yeah, spiders come in the undertard. You make noise, spiders come. Yeah. I like right. surface myths. Surface <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you yell down there, the spiders will hear you. <laughs> so we'll all begin calling out for friends. Okay, if you're calling his name, friend. make a perception check, friend. Friend, what's become of you? It's a natural one. Okay, well, you're hearing you're hearing the voice. You're hearing voices yell, friend, but they seem like they're echoing from everywhere. Give me a survival. That's a natural 20. I mean, they're echoing from everywhere, but you're wandering down the paths and you just see, oh, yeah, I took that turn. That looks familiar. And you're able to navigate back to where you are. And you, 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 as you're getting closer, you're starting to hear the voices very clearly coming from down the hall. So you can, you can make, make your way back. All of a sudden, as I'm running down the caves, the direction that I think that I've been, uh, I hear voices calling out my name, but they're coming from all kinds of different directions. I don't know where to go. I'm at a, I'm at a split. I'm at a cave here with multiple avenues where I could choose from, and I wait, close my eyes, and I notice I can tell where my footprints are. And I know that I've been in only one of these directions, and so I follow those footprints 
back the way that I came. Okay, so you guys meet back up with friend. You're able to cool down. You can take a short rest here. I you know. need one of those. Yeah, so any anyone who's damaged can spend any hit dice. So you now have two hit dice. Yeah. So you can roll up to... What's your hit dice? A D8? D8. So you can roll one or two D8s to heal. You can roll a one at a time also. So you can heal for eight plus your... What's your constitution? Uh, minus one. So you actually heal for seven. Okay, I'll heal for seven. And that then if you want, you can roll again. That puts me at max. I turn a corner and I see all my friends there and I rush over to them. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, guys. I was I didn't know what was going on. Say, Eric, you're back. Why were you why were you trying to rat? Well, I'm a master of shapes shifting, my son. I I I'm a druid of, of, of the old ways and I can, can become any animal. I guess oh, I should have warned you. I just thought you were an elf. I I'm I'm sorry. Why? I mean, I'm constantly rambling about druid shit, but okay. <laughs> I was so concerned about Prince Darnell as well. I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm so sorry, everyone. I failed you all. We're just I, happy that you're safe. I, I'm okay, friend. And he puts his paw on you. He's wiping just slime off of his face, off of his fur. It's actually kind of covering his whole furry chest. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just wiping the slime off. He, he's, he's, he's kind of giving you a goofy just smile with, like, bits of vomit in his mouth. Sarah and Jim Jar, we gotta go. That was a lot of noise. Mr. Silvara could be, could have heard that. You haven't walked out far from your cave, but you, if uh, Ront ran back in there and you guys could have checked in there, you see that your thing hasn't fully bloomed yet. So it hasn't been an hour. Mm -hmm. You think it's probably been your knowledge of blooming flowers, yeah. or whatever that is. You, you know it's been it's like maybe, you know, 30, 40 minutes or so. Uh, that you've been waiting before this all happened. Mm -hmm. And they still have not come back. I guess we'll take this time to continue resting. I mean, I, we told them, and we'd give them an hour. Sarah, I agree with that, friend, also. Okay. We'd like to see the time come to fruition. Stool agrees. Everyone agrees pretty much, except Sarah. Jim Jar's a little hesitant just because he knows the were-rats are around. He's dealt with them before. But Sarah... Sarah's tapping his foot and kind of waiting at the hall. He's like, fine, we can wait here for a bit, just because I like the numbers. But if we hear any noise, we have to move. Understood. Until next time, tuck the kitties in tight. If you'd like to have the Lich answer your question on the podcast, email TerrenceLich at gmail.com. And uh, you and Elvis babbled for five minutes. It wasn't that long. I mean, you just saw a dead body. Come on. Hey, he had a lot going on with him. Like, everything he saw for, like, five minutes straight was the most horrifying thing he'd ever seen. Yeah, right? He saw it started with a beholder. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, not good to look he, at. He, he wasn't sitting, just dead. He was also on fire. <laughs> he was... <laughs> he was purple He fire. was sitting in his cell in the darkness. A, a ray of hope opened and he ran for the door <laughs> tripped and fell got shut in the darkness above a cave worked his way up the hundreds bridge hundreds of feet yeah. opened the door saw a beholder freaked out jumped into some spider webs in complete darkness <laughs> bodies were landing next to him flaming bodies flaming bodies landing next to him they're just cutting 
to hopefully land in some water. Spiders are coming. And spiders are coming. <laughs> and then a puddle. And you were stuck. Oh yeah, you're shirtless. A guy tried to drown you and then a puddle. <laughs> a puddle screaming at you and then you hear the most awful noises from above that you don't even know what they were. And then you wandered into the darkness. I feel like that's standard fare in Waterdeep. You're fine. It's like another day at the locksmith, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm Caleb. And I'm Christian. And we're the hosts of Pathfinder Academy, your go-to podcast for everything and anything Pathfinder. We cover everything from basic mechanics, skill checks, combat with weapons, combat with magic, party roles, character creation, how to run a session, player types and conflict, character death, house rules, making good encounters, rewarding your players, romance, how to kick pigs, pre-made campaigns, homebrew campaigns, storytelling tips, class guides, race overviews, class reviews, book reviews, and much, much more. Every Thursday at the Trailblazer Network on iTunes or at our website, tblazer.net. See you in class.